All right, BCP family, I am here at the Supreme Courthouse here in Manhattan on 60 Center Street, where President Trump has been the last three days, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, of the sham fraud case brought by Attorney General Tisha James. President Trump has been wasting his time. He has gotten a ridiculous partial gag order, and now he is headed to D.C., as the GOP figures out who is going to be the next Speaker of the House. So it's been a very interesting week for America, especially those of us who are fans of Donald John Trump, the greatest president who was robbed in the 2020 elections. Let's break down what has happened the last three days here at the courthouse and what we can expect or what the drama is concerning the Speaker of the House, the new Republican Speaker of the House. Is it going to be Jim Jordan, the unifier? Is it gonna be Steve Scalise? He does have some health issues and maybe, even though a good guy, maybe a little too swampy and close to Kevin McCarthy, or is it going to be President Trump as the interim Speaker of the House while he's going through all these ridiculous uh, court cases, fake indictments, civil trials, and of course, running for president of 2024. We've got a lot to unpack, so let's get into it. Welcome to the BCP podcast. I am James, the black conservative patriot, the blessed conservative patriot, the base conservative patriot, bringing you everything you need to know what's going on right now on location here in Manhattan, New York City. All right, this is uh, BCP. I had episode 3133 in the can. It was being uploaded when I'm in the studio, I upload to Patreon, to Locals, and then I upload to us, uh, our RSS feed through Spotify for the audio podcast version. And then I publish them all simultaneously so that no matter what platform you listen or watch the show on, you will get the news, you'll, you'll get the update, updated latest episode at the same time. I'm in a hotel here in New York City, so the it went up on Patreon, it was going up on Locals, and then I was about to do the RSS uh, feed for the podcast, and then the news broke that you're seeing here that President Trump is going to be endorsing Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House, which in the episode I made an argument for Jim Jordan may be a better choice, and that President Trump, it would be good for President Trump to endorse Jim Jordan. Well, that was an analysis I did, but now we know that this is going to happen. So I'm, what I'm doing here is just giving you this introduction. I'm still going to talk about what happened in New York, and then I will cut out the first part of the last half of this episode where I talk about President Trump running for Speaker of the House or why some people think he may be running for the Speaker of the House, what that means, and I'll just show you the part where I did the initial analysis of why I think Jim Jordan is a better choice. So this may be a little bit of a clinky, uh, a clunky uh, episode, but that's because I don't want to give you guys old news. So let's go back to where this episode originally started, and the update will be on the latter half of this episode. Welcome to the BCP Podcast. I'm in New York City, and as you can see, I'm in this beautiful hallway that leads into 
our hotel room. This has the better lighting and maybe not the best acoustics. But hope you are having a great day so far. Let's uh, get into this. Yesterday was a travel day. Uh, my flight was uh, delayed and I, I actually wanted to be down at the courthouse yesterday uh, on Wednesday when Trump was there, but that didn't happen. Uh, just didn't happen. We hit traffic. We got in uh, very late for that to happen. So we are doing this for you today. Now, lots of things have transpired Monday through Wednesday when it comes to the trial. Plus, we have President Trump possibly maybe going to be the next Speaker of the House. I think that's going to be difficult. Let's get into first talking about the trial. Now, this was a three-day trial, and at the end of the, well, this is the longer than three-day trial. It's supposed to go to December, all in all. But the first three days, very contentious. President Trump uh, was very vocal about Judge Engeron. He was very vocal about Letitia James, the Attorney General. Actually, yesterday, Trump filed an appeal. Donald Trump appealed a judge's refusal to dismiss New York Attorney General Letitia James's civil fraud lawsuit against him and his family business two days after the case went to trial. The appeal to the appellate division, a mid-level appeals court, was filed as President Trump sat in a Manhattan courtroom watching an accountant who used to work for him testify as the state's first witness. Now, the accountant was saying that they got all of the numbers from the Trump organization. Former President Trump has filed for a stay in his New York civil fraud trial. That's the one that's been ongoing in Manhattan. He was there for the first three days. So, uh, Chris, they've been discussing uh, an open court there. Remember, this is a bench trial, no jury. So just in front of the judge, this issue of a stay while Trump's team is appealing a summary judgment saying that the former president is liable for fraud that was released last week. The defense team won't say exactly the scope of this stay. It could be the consequences of the summary judgment. So that includes some news from this morning from an order the judge released, which is giving them an October 26th deadline for both sides to identify potential receivers for the dissolution of Trump Organization LLCs. This was something that the judge ordered in his summary judgment. Also, any movements of assets or liabilities would have to go through and be notified to an independent monitor who's a former judge in this situation. The scope could be that. The scope could be a stay or a pause of the entire trial that we're seeing right now. So we can expect more developments on that to come. But court back in session. We heard from Donald Bender the last few days, Trump's former accountant. And now we're hearing from Jeffrey McConney, former SVP of the Trump Organization, who's testifying that it was the accountant, Bender's firm that had finals, that had, uh, that was charged with preparing these financial statements that the AG's office says were overinflated, but he admitted that Trump was entitled to final review of those financial statements. Now, now look, I've been in accounting before. I've been in public accounting. I was working toward my CPA. If you don't know my background, I have a degree in economics and I was recruited while still working as, a, as an assistant branch manager and getting an economics degree. I was recruited to go work for Arthur Anderson. The firm I was willing to go ahead and just pay for you to get your CPA if you took the classes and you had the necessary coursework, which I did because I was actually pursuing accounting before I switched over to economics. This whole thing just seems silly to me. 
Now, what happened was uh, the following. James has accused Trump, his adult sons, Don Jr. and Eric, the Trump Organization, and others of inflating property values over a decade and Trump's net worth by up to $2.2 billion. This is Letitia James. The Attorney General said the staggering fraud was meant to help Trump obtain favorable terms from banks and insurers. By the way, did President Trump default any of those loans? Was he late? No. Did he not have cash on hand? He says he's had $235 million of cash on hand. So who's the victim of this supposed fraud? The victim of the fraud, obviously, is President Trump. Because the judge has his own valuations and the judge was in a hurry. They were going methodically through this as they should in an accounting trial, but the judge seems to just want to rush through it, just get it over and done with. And President Trump, after day three, came out and commented on this. And President Trump was correct. The it's already a foregone conclusion. They already know where they want to go and they want to hurry up and get there. There's no real justice being done here. Now, the attorney general also introducing a list of documents showing Trump properties that McConney had marked up with new values, essentially saying that to get loans, for example, that Trump's assets were client reported. Now, as for Bender, he was the accountant who finished up Cross. We saw some more fireworks today, Chris, that were reminiscent of what happened yesterday. The judge getting frustrated with the pace of the cross-examination from Trump's team, essentially saying, how long is this going to go on? The judge, you comment. Chris, go so we're going down the line, page after page, document after document. And the bottom line, this is rigged. Because the judge knows whatever he's going to do. It was very repetitive, going year after year through these financial statements. The judge wants to keep this on a tight timeline because the trial could go as long as through December. But certainly, Chris, some new legal developments here in this civil case. He said that Mar-a-Lago was worth $18 million and it's worth $1.5 billion for thereabouts. He said it was worth 18 billion. So they defrauded us because he called me a fraud. He called me a fraud. And he backed his Mar-a-Lago at 18 billion. 18 million. And you can't do that. It's worth probably 50 to 100 times more than that. And our corrupt attorney general, she's totally corrupt. She just wanted the publicity to run for governor. And then she failed running for governor. She had, no, she had practically nothing in terms of vote. But she went after Trump because she was running for governor. That's the only reason. Let's not forget that the origin of these particular charges predate this entire civil fraud case we're looking at. They tried to do this criminally before, not at the state level, but through the district attorney's office previously. Okay? It was not brought on by Alvin Bragg. He looked at this information and he passed on it. Remember when we thought Alvin Bragg wasn't going to bring anything against President Trump? This is one of the things he was looking at. There was a time limit on it and he didn't think it was a good enough case coming up against statutes of limitation. And that is why on day one of this trial, Judge Engeron dismiss everything from prior to 2014, which according to Trump is about 80% of the entire case.
Well, I think that was very good. That last five minutes was outstanding because the judge essentially conceded that the statute of limitations that uh, we won at the Court of Appeals is in effect. Therefore, about 80% of the case is over. I was going to come out and say that, as you know, we're not entitled to a jury, which is pretty unusual in the United States of America. So uh, we think it's very unfair that I don't have a jury. But uh, the judge's last statement was very fair. And if I read it right, I'll let perhaps one of the lawyers speak to it. But Cliff, maybe you'll speak to it if you would. But uh, the way I interpret that and the way everyone else in the room seems to interpret that is that the statute of limitations uh, is a very real thing in this country. And that would be about 80% of this case would be over. Uh, could somebody speak to that, please? Cliff, do you want to talk about that? Sure. Based on the judge's comments, based on the judge's comments at the end of the hearing, at the end of the trial today, it would appear that he is agreeing that all of the transactions that closed prior to 2014 are now out of the case. Which is about 80% of the case. I mean, how good is an attorney general to bring a case where 80% of it gets thrown out? Absolutely ridiculous. And that's why President Trump, while he sat there in court yesterday, his legal team was filing this appeal. Justice Arthur Engren on September 6th said Trump committed fraud, finding conclusive evidence that he inflated his fortune by overvaluing his Mar-a-Lago estate, his Trump Tower penthouse apartment, office building, and golf courses. Because, of course, Arthur Engren is a certified man who knows the value of things. Absolutely laughable. So Angren also uh, ordered the cancellation of certificates that let some of Trump's businesses, including the organization, operate in New York. So the appeal addresses all of Angren's main findings. Trump has called the judge deranged and, and said he should probably be disbarred. He's also been very vocal about uh, not just the judge, but also obviously Attorney General Letitia James. Based, she said her based. Uh, she, she said her case is based on fraudulent numbers as part of a Democratic witch hunt against him. This is railroading. Trump said yesterday. So, we know that this whole entire thing is ridiculous. Like I said earlier, there's no real justice being done here. It's not impartial. I was down at the courthouse with my lovely wife of almost 27 years, Mrs. BCP. And she read what was above the state Supreme Court of New York. She read it, and this was what she had to say about those words in relation to what's happening to President Trump in the courthouse of New York, thanks to Letitia James and this fraudulent judge. Okay, here at the Supreme Courthouse in New York City, it says, the true administration of justice is the firmest pillar of good government. And Mrs. BCP has to say the following. It's a disgrace. Loud, louder, lying. louder. It's a disgrace and they're lying and they're making fun of these words. Those, to me, those are holy words that actually mean something. But they're just making a show and a circus of this beautiful building that it once was based in true justice. I'll have to agree with Mrs. BCP on that one. Okay. President Trump was there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, but there's kind of been a pause with the filing of the appeal. Let's see where that goes.
Not to say that Trump isn't busy. Appears is now headed to D.C. President Trump is considering a visit to the Capitol within the coming week where he is open to pitching himself as a speaker candidate, according to Republicans familiar with internal discussions. Mrs. Politico. Okay, so here is the update. Gateway pundit Justin Donald Trump is endorsing Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. This was at, uh, came up at 9.20 uh, p.m. This is the first place I saw of it. As I was reading Gateway Pundit, waiting for my Spotify upload to finish here at the, not as quick as in the studio internet here at the hotel. In a recent development, Representative Troy Nels announced that former President Donald Trump is endorsing Representative Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. This comes as a surprise to many, especially considering Trump announced early Thursday he would accept House speakership for a short period while, Ameri while Republicans decided on a permanent replacement. Donald Trump recently issued a statement on Truth Social declaring his intentions. I am running for president, have a 62-point lead over Republicans, and am up on crooked Joe Biden despite the Democrat Party's massive lawfare weaponization and election interference efforts by 4 to 11 points, but would do whatever is necessary to help the, with the Speaker of the House election process short-term until the final selection of a great Republican speaker is made. A speaker who will help a new but highly experienced president, me, make America great again. Now, we had reported earlier that, and I just talked about it here uh, from the AP article and the political article. I'm not going to go through that because we've now edited that, edited that, edited that out. Uh, forgive me, folks. It's uh, getting close to midnight here uh, in New York. Uh, but the new development is that if he's heading to Congress and D.C., if he's still doing that, it's not to sell himself as Speaker or to possibly be an interim Speaker of the House. It's to endorse Jim Jordan. On Thursday night, Representative Troy Nels took to social media to, the, to share the news, stating, just had a great conversation with President Trump about the Speaker's race. He is endorsing Jim Jordan. I believe Congress should listen to the leader of our party. I fully support Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. Now, let's uh, not forget that Troy Nels had announced that he would nominate President Trump for Speaker of the House and say he had been contacted by multiple members of Congress willing to support and offer nomination speeches for President Trump to be Speaker of the House. So these are Trumpsters who President Trump has obviously communicated with and said, you know what, I appreciate the support. We're going to all rally behind Jim Jordan. So that is where we're at. That is the update, and in my original analysis, 
I thought that Jim Jordan would be a better pick. Not that I don't like President Trump. Obviously, we are pro-Trump uh, here. We're MAGA, America first. But just because President Trump, I don't think, would be able to rally as much support as Jim Jordan, and it would have to be a near-unanimous vote on the Republican side for that to happen. So this is the update. Now let me play you, or let me edit out the other information about President Trump possibly being Speaker of the House and give you my original, play for you my original analysis that I had recorded earlier today of why I think Jim Jordan is our guy. And apparently, I was right a few hours ago because President Trump is also on our side for Jim Jordan. So here's an edited version of what I had recorded earlier so you could see that my analysis, had this news not come out, was right on target. So we don't know. Now, for President Trump to win, I don't think President Trump could actually be Speaker of the House, not because he, by the way, it's tradition that the Speaker of the House is someone who has been a legislator or is a legislator, but the rules don't say that it has to be the case. It'd be awesome for, for this to be a tradition of having a Speaker of the House is not just part of the swamp, but someone who actually represents the party and the voters, like President Trump. But the problem is he would need near-unanimous vote from the House GOP, and that is really a tough bar. That's a very high bar. That's a very tough hurdle for President Trump because there's so much TDS and anti-Trumpism among congressional uh, Republicans. Not all of them, but there's enough of them that he, it'd be very tough for him to get all the votes. That is why at this, if you were to ask me, and I'm not a betting man, but if you were to ask me to bet, I would think that Jim Jordan would have the best uh, chance. He's not as alienating as Trump, and MAGA Republicans like him, and the swamp likes him. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's a reality. He did back Kevin McCarthy, but then again, let's call a spade a spade and be honest, President Trump also backed Kevin McCarthy. Now, one of President Trump's closest allies in the Capitol, of course, is Jim Jordan, the House Judiciary Chair, who's also leading the investigation into the weaponization of the government against President Trump and his allies. Uh, Jordan did tell NBC that he discussed his speakership bid with Trump this week. So President Trump is very much aware that Jim Jordan has put his name in the hat. I mean, it appears that he knew that even before Jim Jordan sent a letter, because Jim Jordan has sent a letter out to his fellow Republicans, letting them know that he is seeking the speakership. So President Trump actually becoming the Speaker of the House, I wouldn't say it's a moonshot idea, but it's definitely a long shot just because he'd have to have unanimous Republican support and the majority in the uh, Republican Party is so slim and they are not all on board with MAGA and America First.